Welcome to Dragon Talk, everyone. Oh, that guy's back again. That guy, he loves That guy who loves your hair. He really does. I love your hair, you know. Oh, thanks, guy. (laughs) (laughs) His his name is Guy. It's not actually... No, it really is. Yeah, like like Guy Smiley. He's a super fan. This is the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. That's right. I'm Greg Tito. I'm Shelly Mazenobel. And we are here to tell you all about what happens in Dungeons & Dragons during December. Really? D&D and D. D and D and D. D and D and D. Holiday. Holiday and D. Happy holiday and D. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a T-shirt that we should sell to holiday people. Yeah, or cards. Cards. Or decor. Decorum. <laughs> We're definitely not selling decorum <laughs> up in here. That is true. <laughs> Oh man, so so you know, there's lots of fun storytelling possibilities going on right now with uh, Eberron rising from the last war yes. is out. I've seen that people uh, talking about it online about what a a wealth of information and knowledge and things they're going to add into their game there. Yes, there's Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty, the tabletop role playing game adventure. Yes, there's a lot in there. You can combine them both. Oh my gosh, War Forged. Why not Pickle Forged? It could happen. I like it. It's I like D&D. It Anything can happen. I'm, I'm, I want to make a Pickle Forged character right now. Yes. There's also, of course, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avarness. <laughs> you must say it with an accent like that. Avarness. Avarness. <laughs> you have to, like, roll the R's. Avarness. Hey, there you go. Good job. <laughs> oh, wait. We have a caller. <laughs> <laughs> caller, are you there? Calling from hell. Yes. Uh, hi. My name is... Bob Osmondeus. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Bob. What's your question today? Why are you such terrible podcast hosts? <laughs> we are potty award-winning <laughs> hosts, Bob. Say that again. Go to hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, I made the hell. <laughs> I'm already here. I made all nine of the hells. <laughs> Prank Not caller. Impressed. I'm hanging up. <laughs> that was vocal theater. That was. This is like, it's like radio theater from back in the day. We created all those sounds with our voices. I know it's hard to believe. And that was complete improv. <laughs> we did not play that we ahead of time. We did not script that and rehearse it. Uh, like all of our interviews, uh, which we have a really wang bang zimmer today. Yes, we <laughs> do. And we've never had a wang bang zimmer. <laughs> I do believe that's the first time. <laughs> Uh, Hope and David Spears joined the podcast today. Uh, they are a couple, an adorable couple. Like, kind of the most lovely couple ever. I wanted to just hug them and, and, I and did like, too. you know, just hold them close. They're very sweet. And uh, they're from Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. And they donated $2,500 towards Extra Life just for the chance to be up here and talk to us. Uh, and it's all in uh, service of the kids. It's amazing. I know. And they're making a nice long vacation here in Seattle, which is awesome. Very cool. Yes. Uh, so we appreciate them and uh, the stories they tell. It, it inspired me to have more of an open door policy for uh, my my game room and game house. I'll be there. Game house. In your game house. Poor Erin. She doesn't know. <laughs> it's a game house now. It's a game house. We're just going to have to let her know. Yeah. I, I know. know. What a cool idea. Very cool. So you'll find out all about that uh, in the interview coming mm-hmm. up. Um, but uh, we also like to shout out some fun announcements that have been happening. Shelly, did you make an announcement? Mm, yes. About some monsters? And some mayhem and, and some madness. Some six-player rules that you can have. Yes, there. the six-player rules for dungeon mayhem. That's so. It's cool. happening. Yes. Uh, 
Dungeon Mayhem, Monster Madness. Comes out February 14th, so happy Valentine's Day. I just can see a lot of um, fun date night activities with your six, five, you and five of your favorite Valentines. What's the name of the Beholder character? Delilah Deathray. Delilah Deathray. I want her to be my girlfriend. I don't even want to just play with her. I just want to like date her. Okay. On February 14th. Can date, we make that happen? You can date with Delilah. Date with Delilah. Swipe I, right on Delilah. The, the cube is blorp, 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 blorp. He's so cute. The eyes where he's just like, hi, guys. And he always just kind of looks like, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Aww. Aww. But, and then blorp, you get absorbed into blorp. He's very blorpy. It's very cool. And um, hoots magoots. Possibly the best name Ugh. for any character That's that Dungeons & Dragons Ray. has ever produced. Yeah. I mean. he In that face. Yeah. Oh, that little hoot face. Oh, I love the owlbear. Professor Hellbear is like pretty, pretty cool. He's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Hoots Magoots. Yep. Uh, so those are super interesting character decks. They can be yes. played alongside all the six all other, the other ones that have been out there. Yeah, and now you have a really awesome place to store them all. It's a box. It comes it's a in a box. box. And it's like got these really cool dividers in it, and they're all like, they have like the name of the deck right there, so you can just reach in and be like, where's Leah from the base game? Oh, she's right here. She just is. pull it out. A place to store your tokens. Just you're going to love it. I love it. I think you did a good job designing that inside and out. Uh, what people don't know is that Shelly does everything. She designed the game. She did the holographic that art. She cut out every single component on your own with an X-Acto knife. Every, for every every single box that's it, out there. It's it's yeah incredible the that's, amount of work. This is a complete fabrication. <laughs> there are a lot of people way more talented than I am that work on this. As, you know. Well, there are a lot of people. I don't know if they're more talented. Trish Yoakum is has been okay, the no, designer, totally more like the graphic than designer for Dungeon Mayhem from the beginning. Yeah, and it's just it's like her baby. It is Chef's Kiss. I think is the only mm. only thing that mm. can be used to describe yes. Trish Yoakum's work on it because it looks so great. Yes, it's it's the the one thing that people always talk about is how uh, uh, iconic those those that whole design ends up being. Yeah, yeah. And Cam Kendall was the illustrator for this set. Cam Kendall. Cam Kendall. Good stuff. Bringing those. Knocking it out of the park. Personality in a monster that you already know yeah. is difficult, and uh, they really pulled it off. And I feel like we didn't even really have that much feedback. Like the the sketches came in, and we were like, yep, yep. there they are. Done. Did it. Stamp. So <laughs> Approved. It's also probably due in part to like Shauna's art orders, too. Shauna Wolf Narciso. Yeah. Uh, She's also amazing. Very good. So it, it, it takes a village of monsters to make a game about monsters, and uh, you did it. All of you monsters. <laughs> All the monsters. Little monsters. Uh, so we're excited about that. We'll be showing off more of the cards and stuff as we get closer to release on February 14th. Yep. Um, but we also what else are we excited about? We're excited about two more things. One is the Sapphire Anniversary Dice Set oh. is available right now. There are 11 anodized aluminum dice uh, that you Whoa. get in this set with one of them, one of the D20s you get because you get two D20s, four D6s, uh, all the way down for, for all the different uh, types of dice that you get. But on one of the D20s, when you roll a 20, you won't just see a 2 and a 0. In fact, you won't see either of those numerals. What? You'll see a sapphire. A sapphire. Grown from the labs. Which is uh, kind of amazing. It is kind of amazing that they have the the, the, the gnomish technology to do that. Yes. Um, but it's more than a carrot. 
Did what? you know that? The, 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 the lab-grown sapphire is lo- you know, heavier than a carrot. No, I didn't know on, that. On the face Those of that Those dice do feel really good in your hands. They do. They do. And they're not like the heavy, heavy metal dice. They're like lighter dice because yeah. they're aluminum. So uh, they do have that nice metal feel, but they won't damage anything that you're rolling your stuff on. No. Uh, and, of course, they come with a box you know, that you can roll within. And the like little, a little dice, dice tray. Little dice tray. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as all of the stats to include a sapphire gem dragon in your 5th edition game. Awesome. What? What? Little New artwork in there, too. A thank you note uh, wow. from everybody, signed by everybody here uh, on the Dungeons & Dragons team. Uh, so those are available now. There's only 1,974 of them available. And why is it that number? Well, because it's a 45-year anniversary uh, product. 45 years 1974. ago. 2019 minus 45 equals 1974 when D&D was first published. Clever. Clava. I love it. Clava girl. Go check it out. Uh, you can find out that on the Wizards website. So dnd.wizards.com is the best way to find uh, the store. You can purchase it there. And if you do it kind of quickly, you might get it in time for a certain day in December. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Just, All right. It's a whisper. Hurry up and do it. Uh, we also are very excited to announce Dark Alliance. Oh, yeah. This is a video game that's coming out from the studio uh, Wizards recently bought in Montreal called Took Games. For those of you who don't know, a Took is a wool hat. A beanie. A beanie uh, that you might have seen other Canadians wear. Uh, but that's the name of their studio. And they, they uh, the Jeff Haddam, the head of the studio there, told a really interesting little anecdote back in the early days of when the studio was being formed. They had all their power, they had internet, they had everything they do needed to work on their video games, but the uh, the heat was not working. Yes. So they all put on tooks or wool hats yes. and kept coding. And uh, the, Keep on coding. The studio is Cold so named. coding. Yeah, no, isn't that great? I so picture Dark everyone Al- in Canada just dressed like that anyway in the well, winter. That's, that's how Chris Perkins looks in my head. So, you know, oh, yes, and yeah. Richard. And Richard, right. They're always yeah. wearing, even though they don't wear those ever, but... no. <laughs> That's how I but imagine. That is them. how they they look. Uh, but Dark Alliance is a four up to four player co op uh, action RPG game where you take on the roles of uh, four of the characters from the companions: Drist, Dewarden, Brunor, Battlehammer, Caddy Bree, and Wolfgar. You can play as one of those four characters and beat the crap out of gnolls and frost giants and some other iconic monsters that I can't reveal here. And they look awesome. They the do look awesome. Look so cool. Yeah, new kind of, uh, not necessarily new imaginings, but just, you know, uh, depictions because it's in a 3D yeah. video game environment. It's just super cool to see them come into life. And it's, it's funny that as popular as Dristo Orden is, I, I've never seen him depicted in a video game quite so... Uh, Prominently, yes, he's been kind of an Easter egg in other video games, but here you are, you get to play as him, and uh, that's pretty cool. It is. There's a lot of people out there who uh, love that character, and now's the first time to uh, take a walk in his shoes. Yeah, or a, a run, or run in Caddy Bree's shoes uh, all over his face. Right, <laughs> whatever you feel. Like. It's canon. It's totally your game. canon. Uh, very exciting. Uh, of course, our friend of the show, Bob Salvatore, uh, was involved Bad. very early on in uh, the the concepting and, and, and telling of the story. It actually takes place, for those of you who are D&D fans and Forgotten Realms fans, uh, after the events of The Crystal Shard, the first novel Ooh. that uh, uh, R.A. Salvatore penned. Is this a new story that you wouldn't know from reading the novels? Yeah, it takes... Be, it's the, the in-between? It takes in-between uh, uh, Halfling's Gem. Is that the second one? 
uh, in between those two. Uh, oh, first two novels. super cool. Uh, still up in the frozen north of uh, Ten Towns. So. Well, that's awesome. Very interesting area and time period for Forgotten Realms fan to explore as well. I like it. All right. Exciting times. Look for more information about that to come out over the next few months. But uh, darkalliance.com uh, ha- is a good place to go to sign up for any more updates on that front, as well as I think there's Instagram and Twitter accounts set up for Dark Alliance. Go check out that trailer. Do it. If you haven't seen it yet. Do it. Do it. All right. Well, I think it's time to uh, head off down the road. Okay. To our Lori Chanel segment. Oh, Okay. That sounds fun. Ease on down, ease on down. The road. The lore you should know. The the lore. Welcome to another lore you should know. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined today by... Ari Levitch. How you doing, Ari? I'm doing all right. You're at the end of the year. At the end of the year, and you were gracious enough to come in and talk to me about uh, little bits of D&D lore that Dungeon Masters can use in their game. or I, just. I did feel a little strong-armed into this. I did, uh, I did exactly. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> we got to get you going. Uh, let's talk about uh, your work on the D&D versus Rick and Morty tabletop game adventure. Yeah, I got to work on this as one of the writers with uh, working under Kate Welch and got to work with Adam Lee and Jim Zub and Ryan Hartman and uh, yeah, just had a a good time making this thing. It was bizarre and I'm not sure I could ever actually write a regular adventure ever again. This is It's hard to come back from this. You can't go back. No. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and I loved that when uh, Kate was performing this uh, here at Numos in Seattle giving little shout-outs to uh, you and Adam and Ryan Hartman uh, in the room yep. for the things that you designed, I think was a highlight for me. Oh, yeah. It was, it's a, it's a, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, she's super talented as a DM, and it was great to see her kind of breathe life into all of this. And, yeah, it was great to see that live. And we wanted to have you come in and talk about this because there's lore that D&D fans might not know uh, that has to do with the Rick and Morty uh, animated show, as and well as just the stuff that you guys made up for this yeah, adventure. Whether or not it will ever be relevant outside of this Rick and Morty product, that is up to you. But uh, yeah, there's some, uh, there's some good times to be had, so we can kind of dig into it. The first uh, topic we're going to talk about is denizens of this dungeon uh, that is presented in this box set. Now, you, you, you said before, like it, it doesn't really give a... Uh, a real story reason for why this dungeon exists, right? Yeah, you're here because you're here to play D&D. I don't, like, what it, What else do you need? Right. You know, I'm, I'm a narrative designer, and I'm just like, yep, that's a, that is the simplest story. Just go through a dungeon. Bypassing the you have to meet in a tavern part and just getting yeah. right into the dungeon. Yeah. Which I, makes sense. Uh, you, but you, the, you can hang around in the tavern, sure, but then, yeah, really, what are we doing here? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I played through tons of those scenarios, and they're always fun in their own right, yeah. but part of me is always like, can we just cut to the, yep. Cut yep. To the chase? Um, and in this case, uh, part of the chase is going from room to room and discovering these different fun encounters slash monsters slash characters. Yeah, so there's there's a kind of a Rick and Morty brand of absurdity here, and a lot of the approach was to what what are some what are ways that kind of Rick and Morty would make its way into Dungeons and Dragons, and then also what are some ways that kind of D and D can be just can be reskinned or re kind of flavored in a Rick and Morty way. So there, there's kind of a, a good mix of all of it, and so we'll kind of we'll jump into a few of these and uh, and, and yeah, just kind of have have a chat about that. 
Yeah. Is there anything anything that folks who uh, want to get like just an overview of, of Rick and Morty in general might want to know going into to getting the set? Uh, yeah, so I, I think one, I guess one of the approaches when we were kind of uh, just as the writers were chatting about like what what makes something feel like Rick and Morty, um, kind of just extrapolating from from the show, uh, it, a lot of it came down to this kind of this nihilistic, absurd um, kind of just poking fun, but also acknowledging kind of how how alone we are in the universe and how uh, nothing has really any inherent meaning. And it plays, like, this particular product plays with this idea. Uh, like, in, in D&D, D&D is so much, has had this concept of good and evil baked into it. It comes, you know, it comes from this long tradition in fantasy. And when you have Rick and Morty, which talks about kind of moral relativism and the idea that we are, you know, you, we create our own morality and there's nothing that is inherently good or evil. And just, okay, well, now these things are going to crash together and, uh, you know, all the hilarity that falls out of that. There is a lot of meta, uh, not just in, you know, the the idea that you're playing a character who's playing a character, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. layers there. But the the fact that you're dealing with the meta nature of what is good and what is evil, and 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 how does that matter, and how do you you move going forward? So, despite it being slapstick and and silly, it actually has this this root. In- yeah, well, because it's done in the voice of Rick, right? Rick is the one who uh, who. The conceit is Rick made this adventure. You're playing through through something that he created. Mm. And so it is full of those types of things that will kind of force the the players who are running characters through this to kind of question all of those things or to kind of hold up the Rick style of mirror to all of the preconceptions that players might bring to uh, bring to their their do-goodery. And, and like how it, every dungeon master might infect some of their own belief system or, or yeah. inherently into their dungeon, Rick has done that himself. Absolutely, absolutely. And so Rick as Kate as and you uh, the designers have done it, which is even more meta. There are to layers of meta here. I, I yeah, it's, it's it was very easy for us to kind of get lost in this. Yeah. Um, and the, whether or not we made our way out, I, I don't even know anymore. That's that's awesome. Uh, and I think that's that's actually the right emotion to have after uh, creating a project <laughs> like this actually. Um, so uh, to try to cut through some of that, let's talk through uh, some of these 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 denizens. Uh, yeah. So yeah, what's the first so, one? So I mean, some of the things. I mean, I'm not going to go through. I don't want to walk through everything because if you haven't, you know, checked it out, obviously you should check it out. But um, some some of the things that um, I'll start with some things you might recognize as you know, if you're a D&D player, there are all sorts. Of, you know, you'll you'll run into uh, goblins and orcs and bugbears. You'll run into a flame skull that is just stuck behind a very heavy door and their mage hand can't open it. And so what are you going to do? <laughs> um, but then there are going to be things that are much more kind of Rick and Morty centric. So you might, you might encounter a Meeseeks box. And what is a, what is a Meeseeks box? A Meeseeks box, uh, when you push the button, do it with caution, but when you push the button, a, a Meeseeks come out, comes out, Mr. Meeseeks. And Mr. Meeseeks is a very, a very helpful uh, being whose sole purpose is to help you solve a particular problem. So when you summon a, a Meeseeks, um, they, you basically just give it a task, any task. Um, but the simpler, the better, because if they exist for too long, they start to kind of freak out. Existence, they're not supposed to exist for too long. I so you want to give them very simple tasks like, you know... Um, I don't know, unclog a drain or, you know, something that is very accomplishable. Um, but if you start saying, uh, if you give it too complicated a thing, it would just like, make me a better artist or <laughs> h- help me find, you know, true love or whatever. Like, 
they will go and try to accomplish this because that is what they are driven to do. And they could start to get a little, uh, a little crazier when they, if they exist for too long and they actually cannot accomplish their task. What does the, what does the box look like? It is a, it is a, just a, kind of a, just a cube. Uh, it has, it has a very distinct design, and Rick and Morty players uh, or fans will, will, uh, will. Recognize it when they see it. And then you press the... There's a is, button at the top. Is, and it, you a, just, is it a candy-colored red button? It is a red button. I, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, somebody's going somebody's gonna to call me out right now. Let me, let me oh, confirm. Oh, no worries. No worries. Um, and then when you, when you, what, is it, what does the Meek 6 actually look like? Uh, a Meek 6 is a vaguely humanoid <laughs> blue, uh, blue being with a tuft of, of reddish-orange hair. Okay. Yeah. So kind of look like a thing one or thing two type of thing. I will show. Oh, we don't have that in here. But um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a it is a cartoonish. <laughs> yeah, it's almost kind of featureless in in a in a, in a weird way. Oh, but right. it is it is. Uh, but they are always smiling. At, well, sorry, they smile at first. They are very earnest about their task about helping you. Um, but it, there's a tipping point when they no longer want to be around, and they can't just go away. Uh, they have to. They have to solve this problem. Are they interplanar beings? Like, do they come from another plane and then are, want to go back to that plane? Is that why they only want to be here a little bit? I, I'm not sure there is an answer to that. But <laughs> I, if I were to speculate, uh, I believe the box just creates them because existence. They their sole purpose for existing is to solve this task, and once that is done, they pop out of existence. Wow. Like that's it. They don't go back to anywhere. They're gone. It's kind of like humans. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we just we do our one thing. We, we procreate an eye or whatever and we're, it is. We're done. And, yeah, done. I just our blink of a lie and I takes you know eighty to hundred years depending. But uh, but existence is equally painful. Exactly, and we just at, by the end of it we just want to be done. <laughs> We're smiling and happy in the beginning. Uh, I see a lot of parallels here. Um, is do the meek seeks when you ask them the specific task? Do they have that type of like a genie or monkey's paw type thing where they want to subvert what you're actually asking no, for? No, they are they are fully. It, they want to help you. Okay. They are fully in, it, like on your side, very earnest about their task, and they want to accomplish it and be done, and that's it. But they don't want to, you know, they don't want to, um, uh, like when you, for the, one of the examples you gave was make me a better artist. And at first I wasn't thinking make, you know, the person asking the question a better. I was like, oh, they want to make a better artist than has ever been existed before. So they would create a brand new artist. No, they would help you. Like if you, if you, they're not trying to trick you. They're okay, not. Good. They're not. They're not mis- yeah. mischievous in that way. Uh, they are. That they're here. Their sole purpose for existence is because you summoned them for this thing, and they want to be done with it as quickly as possible. Interesting. And job well done. That's their life. That's the end of it. So it's not like a DM with a, uh, a wish spell where and you have to word no, your wish spell in the right way. Right, right, right. I mean, you could play with it if you want to do it that way. Mm. Um, I could imagine, um, I could imagine like a bizarro version of a Meeseeks box that could do something like that. Ooh, yeah. Um, but the thing is, you could summon as many as you want. There's oh, you no, can continually you press the button? keep pressing that button. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> what, dear. Okay. Yeah. What happens if there's too many Meeksy? Is there ever too many? Can there be too many? Is there a limit at there, all? There is an episode that covers this. 
in Rick and Morty oh, that right. I highly recommend. It might be my favorite episode. Um, Future viewing uh, bibliography will be. <laughs> yeah, for those who want to incorporate a Meeseeks in your Dungeons and Dragons game, I suggest that research. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, cool. So that's one of the things that yeah, you can encounter. You can and, encounter, and, and you can summon, and you can interact with, and send them on tasks. Um, I, I think it could be really good for an adventurer. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it could be very helpful. It could be very helpful, um, but just use caution. Uh, you said with, that to start. Yeah, there, yes. is, there is some caution involved in this. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, some of the other things you might encounter here, um, there is a room where um, you, can, you can contract a um, lycanthropickling and become a lycanthropickle. <laughs> a lycanthropickle? What's that? Um, what do you think it is? Well... I well, knowing ly- lycanthropy is you know derived from werewolves and how it's a man can change into a or a person can change into a wolf and a wolf can change into a person, usually on the full moon. But our in D and D, that's not necessarily the case. Right. So is that how it works with a pickle? That is exactly how it works. We we like to do intuitive design here. <laughs> You don't want to get kind of bogged down in the rules, you know. You want it to work the way you think it's going to work. Yeah. And so this is a thing where you can, um, if you are, if you are uh, bitten by a pickle? bitten by another lycanthropickle, like, there's uh-huh. a chance you can become one yourself. And what right. that means is you have the ability to, um, you can try to resist it. You know, like you can if you're a werewolf, that kind of that kind of vein. But or you could just embrace the idea, and if you embrace it, you could either become a full full pickle, which gives you all the benefits of just being a pickle, <laughs> or you could do the like hybrid size form. Wise too? Size wise, you become a pickle. You, like you know, yeah, six you're to just, eight you're inches just, long. You are just a pickle. Wow. But you could also be a hybrid form. Oh. Um, where you are part pickle, part person. And uh, so you can walk around. You have arms and legs, and I mean, you are now a lycanthropical. So you are smaller. Um, you are significantly weaker than a person, um, <laughs> but you have the benefit of, you know, being a hybrid pickle. What what, what are the benefits? If you like pickles, and, <laughs> would uh, you eat yourself? <laughs> maybe I I hate pickles, so I also hate lycanthropicals. They're I, I, the yeah. I, it's that old uh, Harry Carey. Uh, yeah, joke, uh, oh God. If, if you if were a you pickle, were, yeah, if, would you eat yourself? I, I, you wouldn't. I, I'd be delicious. Yeah, yeah. Would no, you, I would, would not. You do it? No, no. Uh, th- this would be the, the, a, a fate worse than death to me. I hate the smell of pickles. Is it the vinegar? It the, is the vinegar. Yeah. I hate mustard. Mustard is is the devil's food. Damn. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, okay. For another so, time, but I once quit a job over mustard. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a bold statement. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. If you were a sandwich artist, that seems like something that you would have to, you know, quit in, in, in uh, yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you're doing this. Uh, but too bad that, that there was a pickle involved in, in the D&D design. Yeah, I, 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 actually, I actually had to design this room. <laughs> this, this, this fell to me, so uh, I got to channel a lot of my rage into this room. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. What is? What was it about? Like, are they monsters in in this? Like, yeah. They, there's they... actually there are shelves lined with um, jars that some of them contain lycanthropicals, and they're precariously perched up on these shelves, and you could knock them down very easily, and then, wow. and then you have to deal with these things. 
I love that you, as someone who hated pickles, had to design this room. I mean, that's kind of terrifying. Like, that, it that's, is terrifying. This is something I would include if some if a DM included this room in just a regular D and D adventure. I would I think I'd be paralyzed with fear. <laughs> I would not. I would not go in. It's awful. Yeah. Oh man, and there are people. You're not the the first person I've met who just does not have any. Uh, uh, liking at all for pickles. Yeah, so. it, it's yeah. I hate that they are the staple, like on like a hamburger plate, because they just contaminate everything with the taste of and slightly delicious pickleness. Of pickleness. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway, uh, that is terrible. I also just love the idea of uh, there being any benefits at all. <laughs> You're like, you can do this if you want. You yep. can do, and you know, it, I mean, the, the benefit is. I mean, if you need to get into a small space, you could go oh, to the hybrid form. I could imagine it would be. Down. It'd be actually kind of fun. The, a fun way to play with this is if everybody in a in a party contracted this, and you could basically make an adventure that is scaled to that size. Um, and then you could have you could have a lot of fun with that. Oh man, yeah. The, the food fights and the, yep. all the yeah, that's that is kind of uh, hilarious. Uh, all right, what are, what's the uh, another denizen of this uh, dungeon? Um, for those uh, for Rick and Morty fans who um, who are known to get swifty and are familiar <laughs> with the uh, the race of enormous floating heads known as cromulons. Cromulon, there, yeah. There is a a place. Uh, for that in uh, a fashion in, in the adventure where you can encounter a the D&D monster, a spectator, mm-hmm. that is very reminiscent of a Karamulon and basically just wants to, wants to be shown what you've got and you have to essentially entertain this thing. And that, that's all it wants. It, just, it just, wants, just wants to see what you could do. And a spectator is a uh, form of the beholder. Yeah, correct? yeah. It, it has, I believe, it is four eye stocks rather than the ten of the beholder. And it is, uh, yeah, it is of the, the the level at which you are when you go through this adventure. Um, it is, it is, it is a worthy adversary. But you don't have to fight this if you just you just want to entertain what you got. it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, and does that relate to the Rick and Morty? Uh, show in some way. Uh, just it is. It's a nod to to uh, a in the show a um, one of these giant heads known as a cromulon um, shows up to, uh, shows up in Earth at Earth and uh, just says this ominous this ominous line. You know, uh, show us what you got. Mm. And uh, it falls, of course, to Rick and Morty to figure out how to uh, how, how to placate this this cosmic being. Any hints about what they actually want? Um, no, no, no hints. No, it really just wants to be. It, it it wants to be wants to be entertained on the show. It turns out that it is part of like uh, on the show Rick and Morty. It turns out that this whole thing is part of an intergalactic um, talent show that is kind of broadcast, and uh, so Rick and Morty, of course, find themselves in the middle in the middle of that. And it made its way now into uh, into our adventure. Nice. In, its, so, in, in a D&D kind of way. And so the party would have to entertain. And, this. of course, it's a spectator that is the one that wants to wants to see this. I love so, it. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, it reminds me of the, uh, uh, not to divert too far, but the, the magic card that we just created for our Heroes of the Realm thing was a, uh, it was a gold dragon yep. and then a beholder. And the whole idea was that, the audience, uh, those of you listening at home right now, are part of the beholding of the the dragon of D and D. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very much in that in that exact same vein. Yeah. 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, that's a lot of different fun uh, denizens. Do we have any others to, to, to go over? I actually over? want to talk about my favorite. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaving my favorite to, to the last because I'm selfish that way. Um, <laughs> no, that's called story, storytelling, Ari. You, you know, developing and getting don't, up don't, to the... Don't tell me how to do my job. So, <laughs> no, um, so there's... There, <laughs> There's um, a place you can go uh, in this adventure. Uh, it's called, um, you can go to a place called Frankie Freems. Okay. And Frankie Freems is a very kind of kitschy family-style restaurant that has these animatronic kind of characters that uh, will greet you. Um, but once you go in, you actually, you can't leave. Mm. And uh, twice a day, there's something called Slaughterfest. Where these animatronic <laughs> characters um, basically just kind of attack and destroy everyone in the in the restaurant, yeah. only to resurrect them again, so they can repeat this process because they're animatronic characters. They have this cycle that they go through, and of course now they're inviting everybody to uh, involuntarily partake. Uh, so I just want to talk about some of these characters, some of the funky Frankie Freems characters. Yeah. So okay. in Frankie Freems, the first person or first character you meet. Um, is Layla the, the Lizard, and Layla the Lizard is a straw hat-wearing uh, ig- animatronic iguana mm. with overalls and a guitar. And uh, when, uh, when, you know, when the violence takes, you know, starts to unfold, um, she will you know, bite you as, a, as an animatronic uh, iguana would. Uh, <laughs> but there's also uh, Billy Beaver, who is a... Uh, and a kind of a large uh, beaver with a raccoon skin uh, cap uh, playing a washboard and spoons. Ooh, so um, call back to a couple of different uh, puppety type things. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. You'll find all the things that you love that are now things of nightmares. Um, <laughs> there is Buster the Bear, who is a, a lovable roly-poly teddy bear with a plaid shirt, torn jeans, and a banjo. But this is when it comes to Slaughterfest, it becomes his Bashin Banjo. Bashin Banjo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find uh, Piggy Wigglebutt. <laughs> and uh, Piggy Wigglebutt uh, is an anthropomorphic pig with no pants and no butt, which we will get into. Whoa. This is now, this is, this is the amount of atten- like the attention to detail we do in our storytelling. There's like a through line. Uh, in this whole story about butts, uh-huh. and um, we'll get th- to that. There's there are some deep lessons that you have to learn in this adventure. Uh, we'll get into that in another in another kind of lore you should know. But just know that like like we we dotted all the i's and crossed all the t's in this, and like you will you will find such depth in this. And sometimes and so, the butts have two t's, and that means it's very important. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that is really important. You have to cross both of those t's. <laughs> both of, yeah, you can't you cross can't, one. Yeah. It, Wait, yeah. so, how, so the, the, what was the last character's name so again? This is Piggy Wigglebutt. So how does a pig not have a butt? Um, I can spoil this now, but oh, right, there, no, we'll there, get to this. there is a butt trap in this place. So. <laughs> I think we just verbally got into it. Yeah, <laughs> we fell what, into the just, butt trap. Let's just set it aside. Yeah, <laughs> let's, so uh, did you, did you uh, love things like uh, uh, Chuck E. Cheese when you were growing up? Uh, kind of. When I was a kid... Um, I, I hated that there were the fact they were just, when I was a kid, I hated that there were just so many other kids mm. at Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck e. Cheese that, right. that I didn't know. I would, I would have much rather preferred to just have the whole place 
to like myself and like my close friends. So it's like I don't oh. I don't like all these other strange kids here. And they're always yelling. They're always and, yelling yeah. and they're all dirty and you know, no, I don't know. I no, I Chuck E. Cheese was fine. It was fine. I, was I didn't knock- like the animatronic characters. I didn't really either. There was yeah. a knockoff one in my region growing up and it was called Pizza Pipes and Pandemonium and they were all pandas. That sounds better. It sounds better yeah. because they were all like playing organs and, and things like that. Um, but I always wondered now looking back if it's if it was a Chuck E. Cheese and they said screw just, that we're not paying Chuck E. Cheese anymore. It. <laughs> we're making our own characters. <laughs> I hope so. Similar to how you have and how like you know Five Nights and Freddy's and things like that. Yep. Like, there's something about these uh Robotic anthropomorphic characters coming to life and killing people yep. that just seems to really latch a hold. Yeah, and uh, oh man, it is. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's kind of just playing with the nostalgia or abusing the nostalgia. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, there's there is a kind of a primal terror that is is. Um, it's kind sick, of stoked in this in this part of the adventure, and it's a sick dark comedy too. The Absolutely, fact that like, hey, this is supposed to be for kids, but actually, it's it's slasher movie uh, the, tropes on top but of it. Th- there's an empowering end to this part of the adventure in that you can rally the people in in Frankie Freems oh. to fight against these uh, robotic monsters. Oh, I hope they do. Like so a it is like really number, a humanistic. Like, do you hear the people yeah, singing? Yeah, yeah you, you just you know, it's about it's about. Taking control of your lives, you know, and just again, this is this is this is very deep, and there you you will be better for it when you go through this through this dungeon. I love uh, that we somehow brought this back to it having some kind of deeper meaning. <laughs> yeah, look, we don't hack this stuff out. Like we we think a lot about this. What what are the emotions we want to evoke? How do we want to kind of you know reach reach our audience in in a meaningful way? And it's working. It's, it's totally working. working. Yeah. Uh, so everyone should check out, of course, uh, Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty tabletop role playing game adventure. Uh, hopefully, this little uh, tidbit of some of the lore behind some of the uh, NPCs has piqued your interest. I uh, hope so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it might not have. Yeah, um, Who knows? Uh, but y- I think this is a perfect. Uh, kind of adventure to play with people who may be new to D&D because you don't have to do a lot of prep work. It's silly and absurd. It comes with pre-made characters that are uh, kind of avatars of the characters on the show. So there are these kind of layer, like meta layers to it too. So you might be playing, you know, this, this half-orc rogue who resembles Morty and essentially you could play that character as Morty playing that character if you want to. If you want to kind of go those those layers, remember, yeah. the depth of this adventure, like... It's infinite. It is. Yeah. It just keeps going. Yeah. More and more layers get yeah. pulled back. Um, but now I know uh, what to get you for uh, your birthday is don't, don't, don't. anthropomorphic pickle yeah. that yeah. does not smell or taste anything like pickles. Yeah, that would be my preference. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, Ari, for uh, coming in and talking yeah, with pleasure. us. And this thank you great. for all your work on this uh, whole box set. It's really, really spectacular, and uh, I think a lot of fans are getting into it. It so. was a blast, and I apologize for any future adventures I contribute to that still kind of uh, kind of feel like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a cool thing about it, is that it's always everybody has a and d game or a campaign they remember where things went off the rails and went completely nuts, and this is all that in, in a box. Yep, yep, absolutely. It is off the rails the entire time. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, where can people find out or ask you more questions about uh, where to send pickles? Uh, don't. <laughs> just, just don't, don't, don't reach out. Are you on the Twitters at all? Uh, rarely. I'm on there. I am kind of like a ghost on there. Um, but I am on there. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just, 
I think, what am I now? I changed my name recently to be more accessible because I used to be at Winnemall, and I think now I'm just at Ari Levitch. So oh, at Ari Levitch. I think I'm the only one on earth, so I think that's fine. <laughs> good good yeah. uh, d- uh, distinguisher there. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks again, and uh, hopefully those of you listening will jump into Dungeons & Dragons versus Rick and Morty tabletop role-playing game adventure. I know so much more about lore. I've never even been down this road before. It is so hardcore. Yeah. That hardcore lore. (laughs) It will not make you snore. Hardcore lore avenue. Yeah. And I want more. My movies uh, that I like tend to have lots of gore. What's behind that door? (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you about a story from your. (laughs) Oh, my ligament. I tore. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Let's just get out of here and use this paddle to oar. (laughs) Because we don't want to be a bore. (laughs) We could do this all day, people. We really could. I'm going to declare war on this sore. Oh, there you go. War? 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 Uh, Kind of. Damn. All right. Fell apart. Whatever. Uh, You know who's going to have a much better pun game? Is perhaps our next guest. I don't know. We'll have to ask them. Let's see yes. if they like puns as much as we are terrible at them. Yes. Let's talk to uh, Hope and David Spears, shall we? Let's do it. Hope and David Spears! Yay! Yeah. Woo! Hello! Welcome! Hey. Hi! Are you nervous? I'm super I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say I'm super nervous. <laughs> no reason to be nervous. Tito is so out. intimidating. It's just, just like you were just talking. We were all just talking. I know, but then this. he did it's his no like different. he did his podcast voice. Hello, Nobody really knows that when Greg's not on this podcast, he talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like Christopher Lloyd Hi. from uh, from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> 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 it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, my daughter this morning was like, "Daddy, why does your voice sound so scritchy?" And I'm like, "Well, it's because I'm real tired, and Aww. you should shut your face." <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas! Merry, you Merry just Christmas. lost the toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How are you guys doing? You've traveled all the. way. Where did you come from? Yeah, we're Nashville, from? Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Have you been to travel? <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit across the giant country. Yeah. And have you been to Seattle before? Mm-hmm. First time. I've been before. Um, I used to play, back in another world, I used to uh, play Magic a lot. And so we'd travel around and play. And so the guy that we're staying with here was a, a big Magic player. And so we're just staying with his family this week. And, oh, that's awesome. Um, we didn't really, you know, when you travel for uh, tournaments, you don't really get to do a lot of, like, touristy stuff because you fly in for the tournament and play and leave. Right. So we went to the ballpark last night for the the lights. Enchant Seattle. Oh, man, it was. And we're running around. We couldn't find the teddy bear, and we were, like, really frustrated. (laughs) Because you have to find all those Santa's toys and save Christmas, and then you get chocolate, which is really cool. Oh, is it better? Because last year there was, like, you had to find each of the reindeer. Yeah, Uh, that's what, um, I remember that. There's a, the the coolest thing is uh, there was a little dinosaur, a little T-Rex, but there was, like, a T-Rex, blocks, a, a creepy doll, um, an airplane. Um, what else? That's pretty cool. Who asked for the creepy doll for No, the creepy doll know, was right? super creepy. <laughs> was it so. from uh, Betrayal at House on Oh, probably. <laughs> it was that creepy doll. She got it? out. Maybe yeah. the one from Servant on, uh, on uh, I don't know, can we talk about Apple streaming or anything like that? Uh, yeah, you, sure. No, it's Yeah, right. that. So have you seen that servant show with that creepy uh-uh. doll, M, M, M. Night Shyamalan or whatever? Oh. It's very creepy. <sighs> it's worse. Creepier it's, than yeah. Chucky? I, yeah, on a different level. Like, Chucky, you know, he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to get you. 
But this what one, about Momo? Is it creepier than Momo? No, I don't think it's creepier than Momo. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> creepier than Momo. <laughs> Uh, Did you know that I am Momo? <laughs> you are? I am. Uh, well, you don't look, I don't feel creeped out right now. Oh, but if I put on my Momo face, <laughs> yeah. I have seen I have seen Momo looking back at me in the morning in the bathroom mirror. <laughs> Momo. I'm Momo. And then and then my daughter's like, "Why do you have such a scritchy high-pitched voice?" <laughs> Cuz I'm well, Momo. Cuz we're witches. <laughs> The truth is out. Well, I was just in Nashville for a kind of bachelor party type thing, and I had a great time. I love that city. Yeah, it's a great it city. It is the number two destination bachelor or bachelorette party. There now. were a lot. Well, I yeah. certainly is saw Vegas a lot of novel, one? novelty no, hats. One. Novelty hats. I definitely saw at least three. Did you get pulled around things? downtown on a tractor? I, I saw it with like happened. a like a sauna in there. And no, I, yeah, it was intense. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah it's uh, so when you go downtown, especially on the weekends, there's probably fifty. I'm not kidding, like bachelorette parties, and they're like either a big bus that's been like cut out, and they put like a spa in there, or like a whirlpool. Or poles. Yeah, there or poles. poles with some dancing occurring oh, yeah. around yeah, them, or it's yes. a, or it's a tractor pulling a big. Trailer and same same concept, music blaring mm-hmm. everywhere. It's actually really fun to watch. So. It's a spectacle for yeah. sure. Yeah, it. Uh, I'm not even a big fan of like country music or anything like that. But going to each one of those the honky tonk bars and like just seeing the sure. professionals do their thing, I was like, whoa, all right, I can, it's pretty neat. We I can get into this. We actually live. They're about, bards. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We 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 actually live like a mile from downtown. Oh, and so we've. I think we've done all the stuff that we want to do down there. Now we just want to stay like. Oh yeah. <laughs> like in our apartment and never go out and, and play order games, in, stay play and play games. games. There's so. not there's not a shortage of entertainment for sure. That's in true. Nashville. That's true. Yep. So cool. Well, you are here because you donated an amazing amount of money for the kids through Extra Life. We really appreciate it. That was awesome. So, being here and talking to you guys has yeah. kind of been one of my bucket list things I want to do. Are you serious? Yeah, I just like love Dragon Talk. Ever. No, it's really? serious. And so, yeah, so awesome. I was actually watching a stream, you know, two months ago or whatever it was, and you announced it. And so I jump up in hopes like having. Like I think you had book club or something. I'm not sure what it was, but there you were like interrupted a bunch, book. Club. Yeah, I read in there, and I'm like, hope. Um, and I, I led with this Christmas season. We're going to donate to the kids. Oh, and smart. I, I didn't say anything else. And and she's in front of all her friends. Like, what's yeah. she supposed to say? No. no. When you're married for four, you complete me. Yeah, there you go. And she's like, well, okay, yeah. And so I went in there and we did it. And then I came back and I'm like, oh, we're going to be on Dragon Talk. That's right. And so, oh, which, that's so exciting. You're not nervous about, right? She's Stop fine. You know what makes people who aren't nervous nervous? Asking them. Asking them they're nervous. I just pick at her. She, um, she's a little introverted sometimes, but she's so amazing when we're playing games or hosting people for Dungeons and Dragons or board games. Yeah, you were, before we started recording, you are saying you, you often play elf or half-elven characters. Mm-hmm. Almost always. Why? What, what draws you to those characters? Uh, I don't know. I just think they're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mostly, I'm I'm mostly elves. I've never been a I've probably been a half elf once or twice, but I I I, I definitely gravitate towards the elves as well. Me and too. I can see in the dark and not have to sleep. Yeah, that's the sleep thing is kind of bothers me though. The trancing. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather just sleep. <laughs> you can. It's not like it's impossible, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You're always the one taking watch. You that get to blow true. stuff up first if they come and attack the party. She loves blowing stuff up. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the game, just no, in general. Just in general. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. So, but it's, it's funny. 
because she has these like amazing backstories that she has for her character, so I get to incorporate some of that into the game. Because you're the dungeon master I'm, for when you guys I'm play together? I'm almost always mm-hmm. a dungeon master. Um, and, uh, but the funny thing is I actually build some um, like encounters sometimes knowing that she's got a very specific thing that she's probably going to do to blow this thing up. Like, oh. you know, one time I had these trolls like jumping across this ravine to attack them. And the very first one that she did, she like Eldritch blasted into it, slammed into it, rolled a 20. It fell down in the ravine. So, nice. So... I like made all the other ones like roll like um, <laughs> sort of like intimidated or like you know like a wisdom check to see oh crap we're like are in they gonna head. keep fighting or not yeah and they all failed and so we had this like scenario built that was gonna probably take an hour and a half and she just destroyed it and I was so proud Aww. but also like girl <laughs> but it's really neat so we we always have this thing uh, this is why I love D and D so much is because I think it's like collective storytelling yeah and uh, you know. Um, I kind of guide them, but then what they do, I have to react to. And we have like a motto across, it's called the dice tell the story. And so whatever happens, like I really love rolling 20s or 1s or, you know, low on, a, on an ability check. And if you mess up, this is, this is what happens to you. But if you like do amazing, then you've like completely like, you know, like solved this, this encounter kind of thing. Exactly. And it's, it's almost re- like when you're, when you're, when it's a mediocre role, those are the hardest to narrate. Mm-hmm. Right. You're like, that's oh, true. Yeah, you just did middle. Yeah. You, you did just, middle good. You, you did what you wanted to but do. But it's those extremes that are so entertaining well, and like, you know, full of color and, and excitement. Yeah. Like, um, like I want to, I want to flip over the guy and land like behind him and like, you know, put a knife to his throat. All right, roll like a legless move, like, yeah, a, like an elf move. That's yeah. totally an elf move. <laughs> He's stealing your moves, man. <laughs> but I'm like, roll an acrobatics check, and if it's a one, mm, well, you fell down face first in front of him. And then do you a- make them take damage? <laughs> so, what kind of a DM are you? Yes. Satine did that. He does. I, I do, but if it's narratively, like, moves the story along. Yeah. Like, um, in that case, if, you know, they want to do something spectacular and, like, really have a show of force or whatever, and they fail... And now they have to deal with the fact that now she's laying face down on the ground and you're down a party member because, you know, because of this ridiculous thing instead of just going up and, like, right. attacking or whatever. Right. But it's really cool. Because on the same side of that, if she rolls a 20, she probably, like, flips over. Two of the people on the other team is like, holy crap, you know, and then it can just completely changes the dynamics of the encounter. So that's well, – oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I do want to say one thing about the charity itself. Yeah. Um, I have been a pediatric nurse or neonatal nurse pretty much since 2002. So I've watched kids that have had to be in the hospital for months, even sometimes over a year. And so having that sense of normalcy and just getting to be a kid is so important. So I appreciate that this is the charity that we got to give to. So it's really, especially around this time when there's so much toys and like things like that, people don't realize if there's, you know, uh, uh, kids, especially who have chronic illnesses Uh or, or dealing with developmental things, like they don't have that. You're right. Just be able to, they have to be in a hospital for hours on end. What do you do? Yep. You don't just sit there and stare at the wall. You want to have something that creates this normalcy in play. Yes. Right? Yeah. But they can be also safe. I think board games and D&D especially are yes. great at that because you don't need to be physical. You don't need to be running right. around and, and, and hitting each anywhere. other. You can just go and play. Yeah. Sure. That's well, awesome. Well, thank you for all you do yeah. for all do you see families that? Do you, and kids. And do you see, like, games and, and toys and stuff? We have a um, – I've worked in hospitals that have child life specialists, and that's – 
a lot of what they do is bring developmentally appropriate games into yes. the rooms and stuff. And then we have volunteers that go into the hospitals and just that's all they do is go and play with them or that read them books. Great. They're that's special the- special people and there is a very big difference between going to a children's hospital and just a hospital. Yes. Quinn had my son had stitches two different times. And then the, we, the children's hospital time, they came in with iPads. They were watching movies. They were joking around with them. It was uh-huh, great. Uh-huh. And then the second time, we were, like he was really nervous, obviously. And I was like, don't worry. It's, it's going to be over soon. And the doctor goes, no, it's not. Oh, no. Oh, and he was like, it, this was going to take a while. I have to do this. I'm like, shut do not say that bedside manner, man. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, no, it's going to be painful, and it's going to take a long time. <laughs> I think it's that's going the, to be terrible. Get used to disappointment, kid. Yeah, your mom's lying life. to you. <laughs> never trust her again. <laughs> You'll never be amount to anything in life. Why You're not a special snowflake. <laughs> right, exactly. I think that's the beauty of the games, like especially charities like this that do that, is it's already a difficult situation when you have a child involved because then they can't process everything that's going yeah. on. And so it's a great distraction. It gives them normalcy, you yeah. know. And, um, yeah, we do have to do this kind of like, um, maybe awful thing or, you know, this treatment. But, you know, we're going to just relax and have fun and take yeah. your mind off of it. You know what I found was fascinating is that people are using these, – these child life specialists are using VR to replace anesthetic, mm-hmm. especially in kids. What? Not, oh, wow. not, yeah, yeah, or to, or, or to supplement. Yeah. yeah, have you seen that? Yeah, because they can get distracted enough that they don't even know you're doing this treatment. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, and there was other ones where they said that they could, in a virtual world, be with their their loved ones, like their parents. So yeah. they put on the VR headset, and it's like, oh, there's the avatar of my my mom or my dad is with me, but they're in the hospital and the waiting room. And they go it, all the way up until when they do go into anesthetic, yeah. they're hanging out with their parents rather than having that weird feeling of being, you know, yeah. these, these doctors hanging separated. over you and blah, 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 and being separated, that's right? They have that, that connection up until the time that they fall asleep. And I'm like, yeah. that's genius. That is awesome. genius. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I like to hear with techno- like how people are using technology yeah. in that way. Sure. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, you guys are contributing to it. Yes. It's exciting. You're it's making really it happen. Cute. And you were gamers for a long time, right? Um, I, I've been a gamer most all my <laughs> life. Um, I don't think that Hope knew this world existed before we got married. Okay. When did you guys get married? Uh, <laughs> good when point. Did we? 14 years ago, <laughs> whatever that was, in 2004. 2005. Five. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Made, that's like exact so, conversations my wife and yeah. I have had, so no worries there. Yeah. We, actually, <laughs> we actually only have known each other for 14 and years and three months because you got married after three what? months you did it wow. Was. wow and you know you know yeah. well that's, that explains how you kept this whole gamer thing from her <laughs> yeah <laughs> no. so it, it was it was fun introducing her to this world she traveled around when i played magic and verses and um so she kind of got to be my sidekick and we actually took an extra day to do some um sightseeing and stuff but then we settled down um, and opened some game stores, and so that was now my life. And so I think um, just to kind of spend as much time together, we just started, you know, playing games together. You know, well, like her first game that I, I think your very first board game was Ascension, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we just we just played that every night before we went to bed instead of watching TV, and you know, and then we just grab games and, and do that. And um, I don't remember how I convinced you to play Dungeons and Dragons, but we had um, started it up. It was fourth edition, mm-hmm. and uh, we Hope loves to cook, and so um, 
our apartment now was actually picked because it was so centrally located to all of our friends. I'm super lazy and I don't like to like leave the house like once I get home from work. Right. And so we bribe our friends with food to just come over it's and totally play board fair. games. Like I and so it. I don't I mean <laughs> Jim and Jenny are like our like best friends. They play a ton of board games and they live way out and I like I tell them all the time, guys, we'll make whatever you want. Just come come just just come to us. But we we go out there sometimes. But Hope loves to cook and so we started having friends over and I'm like Let's just play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like uh, a couple of them wanted it, and she like wrote this incredible backstory, and the whole entire campaign was centered around her character. And we played for almost two years. Wow, with that group, and then um, did I do it or was it you? You did it. Oh no, um, I blew it up. Like we had this like really incre- incredibly intense story and I think I took some liberties with the characters a little bit toward the end because mm. um, some would say maybe railroading but she ended up killing three million people in Waterdeep. Um, your your she? character? Yeah. Oh my gosh. By was it accident? like an Ozymandias thing? Like what did you drop a giant squid on that? Yeah well it was <laughs> so I grew up reading the X-Men comics Yeah. and there was this two issue series with Cooling Goth where he took over uh, Manhattan. Okay. And the only person that knew about it was Spider-Man. And like if you and it was just this like sphere, this bulb or over the entire city. And if you went through it, you turned into like Hyborian age Conan characters. And, you, oh, and okay. it was incredible. It was like, you know, I it was my favorite comic story ever. So I actually basically recreated that entire that bad guy in this campaign. And the story was, you know, he can travel through worlds, but he just destroys worlds, sort of like be like um, Galactus. Okay. And then he has to go to a new world. And so her mom was the elf uh, order that tried to prevent that here. Okay. And they had this like ancient artifact, and so her mom got captured, so she gave her the artifact, and there was just all this crazy stuff. And they ended up having to fight this like demigod at the end, and. The power was channeled through her, and it, she just like released it, and it killed everybody. And it was, was this your choice? No, well, what? oh, so that's well, what, you, that's you why I blew roll. up. You did roll. <laughs> it was just, it was just. <laughs> I want to now. I want to hear hope side yeah, yeah, of the story. I know. The DM told me to roll. <laughs> well, because I mean, so what's your perception of what's happening here? So I didn't know that it had the possibility to blow things up. Like uh, I thought I was just killing the person. I didn't know it had the ability to like kill a city. Yeah. You might have made a different choice if that were so. Happening. And I think the entire, I, I think it was an unsatisfying ending because mm. the entire group was just like. Uh, Did they die too? No, the because they were in they were in um, kind of this protective kind of bubble pocket. thing. So basically, the premise was this guy is so powerful, he had four lieutenants, and he had to like bleed off some of his power, power to each of the lieutenants. And they figured out that they had to like kill the lieutenants within twenty four hours because. They would respawn or something like that. Well, because he had um, he has to use his power to control his power, and so she released that power with the amulet. And I guess I didn't. We didn't. We didn't do enough prep work. We didn't do enough research. See, I think you could turn that into uh, something positive. Obviously, if, uh, if 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 the players were all you know in on it, but like I, I love apocalypse stories because then you can always have the post apocalyptic story, right? Or like what happens after that? I am so momentous glad. discussion. I'm so glad you said that <laughs> because. We actually have, we're not doing the post-apocalyptic, but she figured out that she can go back in time with the amulet. 
And so, so I'm we're trying to change what I did. Wow. So we are for a group. Oh my god! Yeah, you're singing awesome. the share song along the way. Yeah. <laughs> now we are. Now we are. Yeah, absolutely. If I turn back time. <laughs> that's exactly right. Are you playing a bard? Please tell me you're playing a bard. No. Oh, no, but um, that's recruit what, that, a bard who can sing that. Yeah, we actually had an amazing bard in our first group, and he plays a different character now, but. So it's funny because we're back, you know, 10 years before what happened before. Mm. And so some things have changed. She couldn't find the – we don't have the same people playing. And so in the first campaign, she had to go find somebody, and it changed the way the entire campaign was. Well, she didn't find that person. So now we found an entirely different group of people. Neat. And she's the only one that knows what's going to happen in 10 years. And she, like, lets pieces out. And oh, that's fun. And I love just sitting back and just – Letting her impart some knowledge every once in a while to the group. So, does the do the actual players know the premise of this? Campaign? So, two of the players that are playing played in the original campaign. Okay. And so, the players know their characters have no idea, okay. like how serious it's going to be. So, it's been really fun to kind of. I almost feel like I get a second chance because um, I've seen all the mistakes I made in the first like really long campaign, and so we've been playing for uh, about six or seven months now, and. Um, I've been dropping little pieces. Like, I love the books that you guys put out. Um, even if you don't, like, run the entire, like, campaign, they're such a great resource. Ideas, right? And so that's what we've done. We actually just kind of moved it around. Um, and we just dropped all the players into hell. And so nice. I'm just using the Avernus book. And there's a couple of things happening that happened before. And it's really fun. I really like... Um, I mean, there's something to be said about running a box set. Like we ran the Fendelver adventure is the greatest adventure to teach people how to just enjoy D&D. Like it's just so well designed. And so I've ran it probably a dozen times straight through because it's just perfect. Right. But it's, it's neat to kind of like just branch off of, out of these books. And honestly, it's a lot easier to create your own stuff uh, because you'll know it more intimately. But it is a good resource if you have these books to kind of just mind names and like events and encounters and stuff like that. So yeah, for sure. That's, that's kind of what we're doing now. So, so when you were talking about the when Hope accidentally blew up three million people, and you said, "Well, we didn't do enough prep or whatever," were you surprised by this outcome, or is this the outcome that I, you wanted to happen? I, I was surprised that they didn't understand what was going to happen. Oh, so you knew? You already knew? Like this is. I knew it but could happen. You were surprised that they didn't. They sleep. got really mad at me. Okay. <laughs> um, we actually quit playing for a while, um, and I realized that sometimes as a DM, you know, you you're, you have all this information. Yeah. And I didn't do a great job of like getting that out to the players. So, I mean, they spent a lot of time in this new city um, <laughs> trying to figure out how to do stuff, but I think I didn't give them all the information that what could have happened. Okay. Um, and so. I had this, like, epic, like, the whole entire time, I, I had planned on them going back in time again. Oh, really? Know, just kind you of knew like, that it would be something they, that would yeah, be, yeah, like, needed thought, to be reversed in some way? Right. And um, I, don't think that, I don't think they bought into it like I did. But, I see. What did you hope, yeah, you did not kind of put I two and two together? I didn't want that to happen to begin with. Yeah. So. Has it been cool being the, the one character that now knows in this new campaign of, like, what happened? Yeah, it ha- it's... It's been cool trying to figure out how I can make sure he dies, but in a different way. Yeah, so. I like see. I actually like it's it's tragic what what happened, yeah. and I'm I'm sorry that you you were all caught off guard and that you ended up feeling bad about it. But I actually love this as a story hook. Yeah, that yeah. like this you start the campaign with some really terrible terrible thing that happens, 
And then you take your players back in time. Like, you you can fix this if I, you want. But. I've had a friend that had a campaign start with their level 20 characters. They're standing over a battlefield. There's three nations standing in front of them about to kill them. And they have, you know, they're standing there. They're, they're evil or not, and you're not sure. Now let's go back to level one and see how we got there. Oh, yeah, that's kind cool. of thing. I, I, I agree with you. I love stuff that's like that. That's really, foreshadowing. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty neat. Uh, B. Dave Walters and Tess Fowler are doing that a little bit with the Dark and Wish, the comic book, uh, mm-hmm. where they have the, the duality of like the characters completely powerful as to where they are now and then going back to like how they formed, how they got to be friends, <sighs> and I love cool. that too. Yeah. I, I like that kind of flashback storytelling too because sometimes if like not all the players show up on a Monday night or whatever and and it was pretty critical to have everybody there. Um, we can just kind of like delve back into like how did the two of you first meet, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And yep. and you let the other players kind of role play NPCs inside that. And so you can just kind of like give some details, but still be playing where it's not just like monologue and stuff like that. So it's really fun. I, we would probably play Dungeons and Dragons every day <laughs> if it were up to me. But I mean, we do. I mean, that's really all we do. We work during the day, and then we come home and, and cook dinner and play board games or. Uh, D&D. It's not actually, it's, it's a wonderful life, actually. It's I was going to say, that sounds and, pretty great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like not a bad And you've gotten more comfortable and, and feel like you're, you're, you've got a handle on this D&D thing? So much better than at first. At first, it was really hard for me because I didn't grow up with gaming at all. So I didn't really use my imagination in that way, mm-hmm. even a little. And so I always thought there was a right or wrong answer. So he'd be like, okay, this and this and this has happened. Now what do you do? And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah. it just yeah. didn't I make sense to me. a lot of new players that, have that same reaction. Yeah, and so figuring out, watching Critical Role made a big difference to me, just how yeah. they are like, okay, this is what I do. This is just my story. And I was like, okay, that could have gone a lot of ways, and they just chose that, and so... Yeah. That's kind of cool. Do you guys play with your daughters? So they're they're older now. They're out. Um, I try to get them to all the time. We did play. Um, I th- do you remember the? Um, it might have been fourth edition, but that one starter where it was like a choose your own adventure story. You try to decide the red box what yeah. your class was. Yeah. And so I ran that individually for all three of them. I, I kind of read that to them. Nice. And I remember uh, at the time, Christina was eight. Just little. And first of all, I, I did Hope first, and then uh, our oldest daughter, Rose. And then the entire time, I made the, I made everybody else go out of the room. And the entire time, Christina kept running in there, when is it my turn? When is it my turn? And so <laughs> I remember this like it was yesterday. Rose and Hope were in the bathroom, and Christina was playing a rogue. And she lured the goblins out, climbed up in the tree, and you know did an athletic check up there. And then she rolled a natural twenty to like jump out and surprise them. And she was so proud. And so she ran down through the hallway, but then stopped halfway. And I was watching her. She stopped, and then she snuck the rest of the way. And they were <laughs> oh, we were about to go to eat so dinner, cute. and they were getting ready. And then she just jumps out and scares them. And they were legitimately like she snuck up on them. <laughs> She didn't stop. She ran back in there, and she goes, Daddy, I rolled a natural 20 on my stealth. And I was just like, and so I I texted Hope, and I go, do you think they're going to bring their husbands home someday (laughs) to, like, play? And she's like, they will. So, uh, but we played, uh, we played for about a year, and then, you know, they got older and discovered boys, and, They love board games, though. But they they play a ton of board games. They really love board games, so. What kind of board games do they play together? Oh, any of the ones that we do, they like Wingspan. Yeah, Wingspan's our favorite right now. Yeah, we we have a a board game collection problem. I mean, we we 
I don't know what you're we talking about. We just love them. We have we actually have two rooms in our apartment. It, it's like twenty six hundred square foot apartment, and probably half of it is board games, like the IKEA shelves. You brought the store back. I did. I did, yes. and. Um, so we play, like, when we get a new game, we'll just text them and say, hey, guys, if you guys are going to be here this weekend, we're going to play this board game. And so we play Quirky Circuits and, uh, I mean, the just all kinds of things. We play, I've been playing a ton of Wingspan. I just love that so much. Yeah. But um, we'll just play Splendor sometimes. Or Sagrada is a really great game to, like, really play really quickly because it's just – they love really Castles of Mad King. Castles of Mad King. That's really fun. Nice. So, and it's funny um, – there's a guy that works here, Adam Prozac, uh, in the magic on the magic yeah. team. Mm-hmm. And when we when we started playing castles, um, I would post pictures of our little castles that we made. And for an entire week, Adam would um, like reply, "Okay, well you cheated." That was uh, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, because Adam is a um, he he's a very competitive board game player. Like, and I think we're gonna go play terraforming Mars this weekend with him. But. Oh, nice. um, but I'm not kidding, like, because there's rules. You, you broke no. this rule. There's rules right? in the yeah. game. Is like, you can't have that room next to that room. He could room. see that. He could see it from the picture, <laughs> and he corrected us. And by, we joke, you have to play a game a ton of times before you actually learn how to play the rules. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I just hate reading real books. Yeah. Um, see, we, I have a friend, uh, his name is Justin Facino, and his, like, superpower is to, like, look at a rule book and just, Immediately know how to play yeah. and teach it to people. Oh, that's like, like that's art's really good gift. at that. It's too. a superpower. Yeah, it it yeah. really is. I, I, I mean, I have good reading comprehension, but there's something about no. being at a table and having mm-hmm. the components and having to kind of mm-hmm. think about it all. Sure. Yep. I can't think about it holistically. It takes me a long time. I like him, to be taught. Yes, me I don't too. Like I can't. I can't do it all on my own. Or if I do, it takes like hours for me. Right. Yeah. He can do it in minutes, and it's, yeah. it's amazing. We watch a lot of the watch it played videos. Yeah, those are good to learn. And pause it and learn it. So eventually we get it right in. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you're playing the game mostly, I really love board games in D&D because, uh, because of social media and we're always on our phones and stuff, we kind of lost the ability to kind of, like, communicate mm-hmm. directly with people. Yeah. I, I see people going out on dates and they're, like, not even looking at each other because they're on their phones. and They're on Tinder. Yeah, looking there you for go. The next looking day. for the next one. <laughs> um, but, it, but if you have a distraction like a board game or Dungeons & Dragons, you'll – Focus on the game, learn the game, but then you'll like accidentally start talking to each other. Accidentally, outside. I mean, and it, it happens is. all the time yeah, because okay, you don't have that. that. Like, this is a really hard conversation to have, but oh, that was a cool move. You know, one time I did this. You know, and so board games give that to you. I think yes. that's why they're so popular now. Dungeons so and Dragons is the same way because it's so expensive to go do stuff. I mean, honestly, hey, come over and eat dinner and like just pretend to like be superheroes for a while. Yep. it's really fun. Agreed. Um, agreed. So you have uh, been, you know, touting about how awesome D and D is for a long time. How do you how do you get more people to come to your table? So we have um, a pretty open policy for like anybody, like our apartment building or any of our friends. And so if we ever have something going on, um, any of our friends can invite other people over. Um, <sighs> you recruit I, people. I do recruit you go like oh. at work. Um, <laughs> I, I have that one of those D and D like sweatshirts that I'll wear to work, and I'll, nice. I'll, I'll like purposely wear it to meetings oh, to see, see if somebody. Yep. That's what Shelly was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I feel like talking to people, I will wear some article of D and D clothing. Yeah, our, people will talk to me. Uh, <laughs> they will come to me. They like will. A moth to a it's flame. like your. <laughs> I got a flute, and all yes. the rats come after they you. They will come to me. We we have a friend that solely is our friend because Hope and I were um, just walking to lunch together. We both, uh, at the time, we both worked at Vanderbilt. Uh, 
but um, we were walking to lunch, and I overheard him talking to another player sitting on a bench uh, about his character sheet. Oh. And oh, so man. when we came back by, they were finishing up, and he just looked, and, he, and I had my D&D sweatshirt on. And it was really, you mentioned Tinder a while ago. By the time I went up to introduce myself, by the time we got to where we were going, we'd already exchanged numbers. Nice. <laughs> and uh, he's this crazy, awesome physicist. Um, I went to his lab, and we did not get superpowers, so it's really boring. <laughs> oh, what he's actually nothing, nothing spilled on <laughs> that you. That you know of. Like, right, I mean, I guess. But <laughs> Maybe you just live forever now. I, I think that we, that's what we do. Like, we just say, hey, come play this game with us. It's awesome. Like, I have... I have no problem with just walking up to someone and saying, you know what, Dungeons and Dragons is awesome. Let's go play. This is what it is. And so a lot of the people that we just play with through that, we also are, I mean, we post a bunch of pictures of us playing on like Instagram or Facebook. And so I have a lot of friends that will just message me. It's like, hey, I'm trying to get my son to play. Of all the people you guys play with, do you have like a group of like fathers and sons or, or daughters and stuff? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, one of the, the guys that we play with, I just met him at work one day. Same thing, we were sitting in a meeting, and he saw my D&D thing, and now he's like my best friend. He comes over every week. He's watching our cats while we're here. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but he does this amazing thing where um, he runs D&D class for people. And so as we get over our coworkers or their kids, they'll just come over, and we'll just sit them down in the living room, and we hand out character sheets, and then Rick just goes into details about these are the five things that we're going to do real quick, and don't, don't, you don't get too in depth. But we can because you can get somebody playing D anD D in like fifteen minutes, honestly. Right. Yeah. If you just focus on uh, just a, like the middle of the character sheet, and right. everything else just kind of just falls into place. And so we'll run class. We'll get groups of kids together. Like uh, it's really fun seeing like dads and and kids playing. Oh, I love that too. Um, yeah. And so I don't know. And we moms just, and kids too. Yep. My, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we just. Especially know. teens that haven't connected in a little bit. Yeah. Mm. When they've kind of lost that mom and dad are the greatest thing ever yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that, that goes away? <laughs> it does. What? Yeah, it does it go away. It will never happen in your house. Or yours. Never. Yeah. No, no, Quinn will always love that, you. It actually might not in mine. I'm a little worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a rebellious streak. There will be. Yeah. That's funny they, though. Uh, I know. Everyone tells me about that. My daughters who are eight and six, and it's like, yeah, yep. get you real soak up that yeah, that adoration <laughs> as much yeah. as you can. It reverts back later, but during that time, that there's not a great there connection. There is a there is a gaming is a period. great way to have a connection, right? Because it's not necessarily like you know it is a father daughter relationship. It's like we're just you know playing. Yeah, right? Let them, they can take their aggressions out on you on D and D for sure. sure. That's true. Beat up on you. Well, I want my daughters to DM. Too like my my youngest was that. like I want to I want a dungeon master and and do it and, that's awesome and, and uh, yeah so I'm I'm waiting for that like you know authority role to switch a little bit and be like yeah no you do it and <laughs> sure, then sure. I'll just I'll go along for for oh, whatever creativity yeah. you got in mind that would be amazing. Yeah. that's awesome I love the idea of the teaching he should record that we should I'd uh, like to see that <laughs> he that sounds actually, like content <laughs> yeah he he is actually um, my most responsible partner in playing. Um, sometimes I get a little lazy in preparation. Um, and That's all right. You can be the lazy dungeon master. I feel yeah. there's a few uh, <laughs> things out there that, that are yep. all about that. Yeah, yeah, no. That book is actually really good. Sly like, Flourish, he knows yeah. what it's up. No, he's... I, <laughs> I, I use his little tenets a lot. And, but Rick does a really good job of getting everybody else motivated to continue, like, developing their things. And then... When we got new players, he does a very good job of distilling it down to like, this is the really cool thing that your character does. 
embrace that. Everything else we'll figure out. Yeah. And so. But um, when you are lazy, it's hard for the people that are very visual and need your maps out there and the true. little people so out there. The I have people. <laughs> I have all your price little people that are out there. <laughs> I, I need them. Like. <laughs> yeah, you do. And then there's, there's something about the visual impact of, I have a ton of dwarven forage, a ton of miniatures and stuff, and so we build these elaborate sets. And yeah, um, that acquisitions incorporated balloon that you have there. Yes, I actually built one out of crafts one time. Not as nice as that I was one. Say y'all looks a little better, but it was really neat. And it was the it's air a fresh coat of paint. It makes it look good. Yeah. So that's part of it too. I love the 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 crafts part of it. We um, we we did this one shot for friends uh, that was. Um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs themed. Oh, neat. And Rick had made cool. everybody characters, and they were all dwarves, but we didn't tell them. And everybody had, a, like, a, a trait, like Sleepy. Uh, if he missed, he was a fighter. If he missed, I mean, he had to roll a constitution check, and if he didn't he'd or he failed, he'd fall asleep. Oh. So all the dwarves had water balloons on their, like, uh, their utility belts, and so if Sleepy fell asleep or whatever, they just throw a water balloon at him. Oh, uh, it really was really cute. funny. They had it, like Bashful was a thief, and so if you like, good job, buddy. He would like hide. Oh. <laughs> uh, one of our friends, Mary Robinette, she was uh, happy, and she had to go up and like say hi to everybody, no matter what. Good, 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 good guy or bad guy. So, I thought hi, everyone friend. wanted her to be her friend. Yeah, it was oh. really cool. But we, Hope and I, just went to the craft store and got these like apples, and we made these apple golems. They and were horrendous. They oh were my golems. God. Yeah, yeah. And so we just made this oh, like creature. So cool. It was just part of it because it was the Snow White thing. And, yeah. And it was what was it? Blanca, Blanca Snow, and her um, something challenged entourage. You know, like was, I don't remember. Uh, height challenge. Height challenge entourage. Oh. And about fifteen minutes in. They were comparing things, and they're like, "Wait a minute, we're the Seven Dwarfs," and it was this <laughs> awesome reveal. And I, I just love doing stuff, you know, fun stuff like That's that. So we still idea. have those little apple golems. I'll send you a picture of them. I want to see the apple um, golems. Yeah, they. And then we use the worms from the wingspan <laughs> for the golems <laughs> yeah, to like spit out. So the golems are spitting oh, out poison God. worms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, that's so good. But we do that sometimes. This, uh, the, we we try to find ways to incorporate board games. Into um, like their components. It, well, uh-huh. the actual smart. game, like um, you know, when you went to Cholt and they had the dinosaur races. Yeah. Well, there's an awesome game called Camel Cup. Oh. Cam- I think it's Camel Cup, but it may be Camel Up. It may be Camel Up, but it's a camel racing game. Yeah. And so we played the game, but they all got to do skill checks. But like we're they doing all dinosaurs yeah. instead. That's <laughs> so good. And I think Hope almost killed one of the riders because she like Eldridge blasted it. She has a theme. She just like so the you like that Eldridge blast. Yeah, I yeah. do like Eldridge. But it was just really neat, and they they did skill checks to affect the outcome. And we actually played right. a, a version of it. We're, we're about to have a. We're going to use Jamaica and do a boat race out through the harbor and water deep. And so oh, that's cool. I do love the game within a game kind of idea, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where you're, you know. Your your players or your characters and a thing are at a at a table in a tavern playing a game and then they're like oh we'll actually play that game and, sure. and, and get yeah. it get it going, yeah. especially if it has something to do with the plot. Yeah, yeah. no, That's it's fun. Cool. So. so hope you you refer, would refer to yourself as an introvert. Oh yeah. So was it was that a hard thing for you to to get into with D and D like this like need like oh my god my character has to talk my character has to interact with other characters I have to role play and how did you get over that? I'm not sure I'm completely over it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you working on it? I am working on it. Um, 
So, first of all, it was the group that we had. Um, I felt very, very comfortable. Like, I would never, even to this day, just, like, walk into, like, a room at Gen Con and play a game with people I didn't know. Yeah. That would not ever happen. Um, But it was probably the people that I played with, and they were very patient when I was like, I don't know what to do. They're like, well, here's your two choices. Which one sounds cooler? Um, And then I started, like, seeing patterns and figuring that out on my own. Um, But even with board games, like we owned the board game store, I would make him show me the board game at home. And play it with me by myself, you know, or just us for a while. And then when I felt like I got it, because gaming in general has its own language. And if you're not familiar with it, people throw out words like mana and things like that. And they think everybody knows what those terms mean. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a gamer, you're just like, there's an entirely different language. (laughs) Yeah, it can be intimidating for sure. Did you work at the game store too? Yeah, I I eventually got to the place where I would demo games for people. Wow, that's huge. So, yeah. so hope is my secret weapon, like any time that we um, are <clears throat> trying to convert people to board gaming. So she just has this calming effect on people. And, I can see that, and, and actually. Just her attitude toward it. She's just so matter-of-fact about it. And again, once she, we grasp the concept of the games and stuff, she's just so good about laying out, this is what you do, this is how easy the turns are. And then you just do what you want to do. And so it makes – it's really comfortable when we um, we have couples that maybe one spouse or the other doesn't really want to be in gaming or whatever. And they're like, ah, oh, that's just, you know, I don't want to do that. But we sit down and we play with Hope and she's just like, oh, this is really fun. Like, that is a secret is, weapon, right? Yeah. You, 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 you like uh, project the idea of a skeptic. But then you're like, but I'm a skeptic that's been won over. Yeah. yeah. That works really well. Yeah. So. Um, can you come hang out with me and my wife, please? And uh, <laughs> she likes playing, doing some board games, but you know she's very reluctant to uh, to kind of jump in full force for especially for D anD. d Although yeah. I will really? say she played. She's on she Bart's has birthday, played. She she seemed to love it. Yeah, she does. That's the whole thing. It's like I think the idea of it. She yeah. is resistant to, but when she actually plays, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but she just got into the idea of a turtle rogue. Oh, she was oh. telling me about her character. I know. She's, she's like, for the first time, she really feels latched on to this idea of a slow-moving turtle that talks really <laughs> slow but is also really sneaky like and, like, evil. Like the sloth a bit. from yeah, Zootopia? From Zootopia. Yeah, that's exactly. Yes. That's awesome. As a rogue, especially. I'm going to tell you as a DM, that's super frustrating. Rick's... <laughs> Rick's um, Rick's son did that. He's 17 years old, and he had a turtle, um, I don't know, artificer or something. And getting him to finish his sentence was like, well, <laughs> I can probably heal oh, that. So it's great in concept as long as they don't do it the entire time. <laughs> you got to have a, uh, a fast-talking gnome uh, yeah, yeah. to balance it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's got to be a spell you can cast on that turtle. Speed him up. Quickify. Something. I love mm-hmm. it. That's well, funny. you guys are launching uh, some new exciting stuff in 2020. Is that right? So, yes. You said, well, you're looking at the equipment here, and you're like, we got some. We actually yeah. have most every bit of all of this. Uh, really? You have these ampersands uh, and everything? Well, not that. And we don't have this the eggshell stuff on there. We probably do have. <laughs> we got <laughs> mugs, though, now. Yeah, now um, you got the mugs. So, we, um, so we're kind of like empty nesters now. Um, and we You're like what, Matthew? Em- empty nesters. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. like uh, our youngest daughters in our third year of college, our oldest daughter's already out. And so we. They'll just, be moving back soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, we already did that. We were <laughs> and they've already gone back. So. That's true. We did we're that. Good. Um, 
but uh, we um, we've always wanted to kind of uh, maybe um, broaden our kind of reach as far as teaching people how to play games. Um, and so uh, Hope actually had this awesome idea. She's actually wearing the shirt. Oh, nice! And this is our mar- married with meeples. Married with meeples. Oh my god, I love uh, meeples! It. You know, are the little uh, you guys know the little. That's what the board game component. <laughs> For those of you called. listening at home, yeah. You so don't meeples, know. meeples, are. meeples are the board game components. Um, oh, there's actually a game store in our neighborhood called Meeples. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, there's a really good one called Meeple Madness in, in Atlanta. Nice. I love going there. But um, so we're doing that, and we just. Is that going to be a channel on, like, say, Twitch? Is that what yeah, you're... I think it's probably going to be mostly YouTube videos and okay. stuff. Um, we may do some, like, live play Twitch you know, games, just watch us play kind of thing. Podcasts. Um, maybe some podcasts. But we also have this kind of... I always think that the beauty of Dungeons & Dragons, you can play it however you want to play it, but if you let the dice kind of, like, dictate what's going on, mm-hmm. um, it's really fun to, like, for both the player and the DM to react to. And so we have this thing called the Dice Tell the Story, and a friend of mine drew these like uh, set of set of dice sitting around. Telling the D- a story. The D twenty is like camp, reading it around oh. the campfire. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> that is That's very so cool. cool. And so I think that some of the stuff that we we do play in Dungeons and Dragons, we're just gonna like post there. Well, I'm gonna um, tell you, just listening to you guys tell your story and talk about that open door policy and just I don't know, your just general demeanor about gaming yep. and things like that. Like that will translate really well to a a podcast or a YouTube or anything like that. I don't yeah. know if you'll be potty award winning like, <laughs> like Shelly's voices are. I think uh, we got that locked are. up. But. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, it's an honor to be nominated yes, at least exactly. for a potty. Definitely nominated. <laughs> yeah. If I had a vote, I would vote. Nice. So, when, so next year you're thinking about yeah, doing some I stuff think, with that? Yeah, I mean, we've got the room kind of set up um, and we've got all the equipment and we're just like editing video and getting good sound. That's a lot of work. Sounds very yeah. important, right, Ryan? Right, Ryan? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. you know, the, the, I, I admire people that put out content like this because, you know, we shoot an hour video or whatever, and then it takes probably 40 hours of processing, especially if you're not good at it. Mm. That could be 40 hours that you could just be playing games, you know, and so that's a sacrifice for the people that put out this content. And sometimes it's hard for me to kind of like want to do that because I just want to play games and stuff. So, but I'm really trying to be focused. Um, Hope would absolutely just would just like go into it and start doing it if if I would just help her more. <laughs> so nice. Uh, well, but it's gonna be really it's gonna be really fun. Hopefully, from yeah, you know, folks uh, uh, listening to this and getting more inspired, uh, yeah. you know, that'll push you towards towards making a thing because that's yeah. that's for me. That's always you gotta have like a deadline. Yeah. And, and or, or have someone pushing towards towards making it happen. So yeah. uh, hopefully the two of you can do that together. And everybody listening here will also be pushing you guys. It, that's awesome. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna um, we're just gonna take games that we love and just play them and teach them and um, just and just talk about. Them. I so, love that. I think that so. that's a great idea. Yeah, it'll be good for for recommendations too. You know, yeah. it's true. So yeah. where can people find out more about uh, wh- what this project will be? Um, so again, we're just kind of we just got the logo and stuff. It'll probably be me, um, uh, marriedwithmeeples.com. Um, and then we've got Married with Meeples on uh, Instagram. Uh, but probably it's probably Dave Spears. Because we already have that. Yeah, we all set have, up. We have oh, that good. set up, and we actually when we when we play, we actually take pictures of some games and stuff, and just talk about them and stuff. Again, it's so early. Like we're just. I, I actually don't want to commit to it because I don't want to. You know, I'm please. trying to make you commit. I know to you it. are. I know no. you are. And, uh, yeah. I hope that's <laughs> well, that's we, it. You've committed. You're doing it. It's on David Spears uh, uh, on Twitter. Is that right? Dave Spears or Dave Spears on Twitter. Yep. Um, and so, but Harass are you on, are you on Twitter or just Instagram? No, with, I'm on Twitter too. You are as yeah. well. Do you want to share? 
I don't remember. I think you're what, H.C. Spears. Yeah, H.C. Spears. That's something like that. Awesome. See well, how prepared we are for stuff like that. Very prepared. <laughs> so. Self-promotion is like uh, 95% of the game. Yeah. Um, but people go follow uh, the two of you, and yeah. hopefully Married with Meeples and, and the Dice Tell the Story will be uh, a channel you can look for stuff it coming soon. It says here to launch in 2020. Yes. Right. So as far it as does. I'm concerned. It's on once paper. Once it's on the paper, it's happening. We, we actually Put it out to the no universe. No more excuses. Yeah we, yeah, we actually have a really good friend uh, Mary Robinette Cowell, she um, is a Hugo and Nebula award-winning author, and she lives in our building. And oh no she's, way! She's well. always on me to do stuff like this. You, you got to get this done. You just like you need to you need to just Sweet. work at it. So, do we have to get Mary Robinette on here so, to guilt you into doing it? Can, can I can I tell you a story about her real quick? Do we yeah. have time? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, is this the answer? Yeah, yeah this this is um, <laughs> dying <laughs> to know the answer to the question. So. Um, we do something called booze and board games every four to six weeks. Well, why didn't you open with that? I know one? I should have. It <laughs> <laughs> um, like I'm in already. Come right. on, just do that. Put that content Booze and on board games dot com. We right. need to secure. Um, <laughs> this is actually still a really surreal story for me, but we are very open to people coming in and playing all the time, and all our friends on it too. And so we had a little get together plan. It was like we're drinking and playing board games. And one of our friends texted us in the morning and said, hey, I've got a couple that they're, they're in town. Can they come tonight? And, like, Hope always says yes. And then an hour later, hey, there's this couple that just moved in from Chicago. I'm helping them move their, like, stuff up to their apartment. I kind of invited them to board games tonight. And <laughs> Hope comes back there. We're really going to test this. We're totally open to everybody <laughs> coming. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I remember Hope coming back there, and she's like, Monica's going to keep us busy this weekend. And so we just ordered some. We were making taco soup or something, you know, something really awesome and simple. And so she just added more to it. Nice. So fast forward to the night, and um, the uh, Stranger Things box set had just come out. Okay. And so... I had a group that we, we do like a once a month for just D&D, just one shots, and then we have it every Monday. But I had a group playing that was going to play D&D, and Hope had a group that was eating and playing board games. And I hear Hope in, the, in there, and I almost got everything set up. I hear Hope say, hey, so David needs one or two more players for D&D, or you can stay in here and we're going to learn Sagrada or Ticket to Ride. And I hear this woman's voice, Hope, I'm totally going to learn this game from you, but I really want to go play Stranger Things D&D. And so two people came back there. I'd met them when they came in, and they were obviously the guests that, you know, just moved from Chicago. Uh And we played. And it was awesome, and we had a great time. And, in fact, one of the the new people, his wife kept coming in and was like, Steve, you have to get up at like five o'clock in the morning. He's like, I know, I know. Um, we're almost done. And she actually stayed for like the last 15 minutes watching us. And so I kind of moved the combat around so he could actually get the killing blow. Nice. And, and like he texted me the next day. He's like, dude, the whole time we went home, I told my wife, like, and she, he described his character and <laughs> all this. And she was like, that's nice, honey. And she actually was super impressed with his enthusiasm and it, it was really funny. And, but everybody left. Uh huh. And so my regular players were there, um, Christopher, um, that we, you know, I met at work. Mm-hmm. And he's got like a bourbon in one hand and a brownie that helped made in the other. And he runs down the hallway and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, do you know who that was? And I'm like, what, Steve? No, I mean, he's, we, we knew him. No, 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 no. The woman that was sitting next to me. And he goes, that's Mary Robinette Cowell. And I'm like, what? No, it's not. And 
it turns out I actually listened to a podcast he's on the Writing Excuses with Brandon Sanderson. Oh wow, really? And I just freaked out, <laughs> like because I mean, oh, when so she much. when oh, she my God. I know, was, so she just won like um, a Hugo or a Nebula for. We actually brought you gifts because I told her I was going to tell this story, and so she gave uh, gave oh, us something to give you two awesome. guys, oh. but. Um, she just like won a Hugo, which is you know like an Os- yeah. Oscar for Hugo. science fiction, yes. and then won a Nebula <laughs> for the same book. <laughs> Go in. Uh, I don't think it was. Do you think? think no, no, it was good. I'm that sorry. I'm, I'm still in my own head. Um, they might steal that for a time. It's Hugo. <laughs> but I, I just and I kind of like internet stalked her and stuff, and uh, obviously I downloaded one of her first book, Calculating Stars, and on my Kindle and started reading it. The next day, she, like, just invites everybody over for cocktails. And so we have this, like, courtyard oh in our— Oh, my God. I know. This is, this is crazy. Um, and so we're like all— Like, everybody or yeah, everybody just, that she played with? Or yeah, the just everybody was there and then, you know, people oh in the God. building. And so she comes down with this, like, suitcase that makes cocktails. And she made this wonderful cocktail. She's a magician. <laughs> she is. And so my wife is like, Hope is like, you have got to calm down. Like, don't make it weird for <laughs> don't her. Don't fangirl about this yeah, too much. Because yeah. so I, I told him what probably made it so special to her is she wasn't an author right, or anything that person. day because we didn't know her, so she just got to be a player at right. the table. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, she needs to feel comfortable to come into our home and just be a player. Exactly. Yeah, and so she, uh, Hope is talking to some people, you know, and she walks up to me, and I'm just sitting on this bench, and, she sits down next to me. She's like, I have a confession to make. She's like, um, so I'm a science fiction writer. Um, I actually have a D20 that's been on the International Space Station for three months. Wow. And I didn't know what to say, so I, I, I just go, I go, can I touch it? <laughs> like, I mean, she was, like, she's holding it. And so she let me roll it, and it was really awesome. And then she goes, I go, I have a confession to make as well. I listen to your podcast, but... It, for the life of me, I, I had no, like, ever idea that you would be in my apartment, so I didn't really put two and two together. I was, like, focused on the game, and I'm like, I have to tell you, and this is the only time I'm going to do this, I am freaking out right now. Like, I'm like... So you, you took know, Hope's advice. Keep it cool. Yeah. As cool as I could. I'm like, the very first book that I bought with my own money was, like, Isaac Asimov's Foundation Trilogy. Oh, yeah. So to be sitting here talking to someone that's won a Hugo is incredible. Yeah. And so we've... We've actually just become, like, great friends, uh, her and Hope and some of the other um, ladies that they kind of hang out with, have a, uh, you know, a girl's night out. I and mean, if she, if she can make, like, cocktails out of a suitcase. I, I, was that's gonna, like I really did want to go back to that. No, they, they, <laughs> it was very impressive. It was Did beautiful. it just, like, open and then, like, just, yeah. I, I picture it just, like, blending. Yeah, like, she was over there. a little shaker. <laughs> that's exactly. It pops like up. A, like a cool mimic. <laughs> and they're all, yeah, yeah. It was good, and, awesome. and she's very inviting. Like people will just walk by, and she she had the Hugo. We were like pausing, I mean, taking pictures. You actually oh, had the pictures with, oh, the, with the Hugo. I mean, yeah, yeah, the, the, the D twenty that's so. been in space oh, is kind of awesome. Yeah, I tried to. Which, steal by it. the way, how did that happen? So, who did she give that? So to? her um, most of her like her, I guess her biggest series is uh, calculating stars, and it's like and deep the faded it, sky. Yeah, deep impact meets um, what's the one uh, with uh, the calculators. It was just out, um, the, the women the at NASA. Oh, 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 hidden, oh, hidden, hidden figures. Hidden figures. Yeah. And so it's sort of like a hidden figures, deep impact thing. It's really neat, and you find this in the first five minutes. Um, a meteor hits the East Coast, and it's uh, like almost a global-ending event, but no, it doesn't really happen, but it's going to happen over 100 years. Mm-hmm. And so it's a 1950 space race to the moon that now 
with that technology, you have to colonize the moon because we got to get to Mars. And it is. The answer to your question is she works with a lot of astronauts. Right. So sorry. Yeah. And so she just has a lot of astronaut friends, and one of them gave her a D20. So one of them brought a D20. Yeah. Every day they played. With them to the space station. Every day they played some D&D on the space station. How do we not know this? How are we not being invited up to the International Space Station? Can we stream? But can we interview astronauts? When they are in space for Dragon Talk. I think that's next steps. Would that be next awesome? Steps. <gasps> so she oh signed gosh. books for She you guys. did not. That's so that awesome. is amazing. So you guys can fight over them, but this is uh, the calculating we'll stars. And that one is Jane Austen meets magic. There's like five. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yes. So, so we had so friends that oh got married God. and had a um, costume wedding. So it's the beautiful. picture that you were sent... We're the main characters out of this book. Oh, no way. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, this is so awesome. Thank you. Thank it. you, thank Mary. You. And there, thank you. Yes, this is great. Yay. That's what D&D does, though. Like, it brings yes. people together. It, it really totally does. Right. It's like, like anybody. So. That's a great story. It sounds like you have, like, the coolest apartment building in the world in Nashville. <laughs> we really do. It really is. It's, like, this really old building. Um, it was built in, like, the 1920s, so there's a lot of, like, kooky character. Characteristics. I love it. It's like yeah. a cool Melrose place. It really is. Yeah, they just we just. Did tw- anyone get that reference? Do you get I did. the reference? I watched all the Melrose plays. You did? Yeah, absolutely. I did not. <laughs> we need to interview you again, yeah. Gabrielle. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So I know. Yeah, me and me and you? Hope are like. I'm uh, like no. What? Mm-mm. Tito. I mean, really? I know what it was, oh. but I I I ran on the platform in. <laughs> In high school, that I'd never saw an, an episode of Nine Hundred Two One Zero. You kind of look like Luke Perry a little bit, oh, like early on, I, well, like when he put, went through his beard stage. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I can no. see that. Oh, yeah. now it's it's okay. <laughs> the, the beard stage is okay, but not Luke Perry without. He's an actor. He's not like he's you know the creator of that show or anything. If he was, I'd be a lot more mad at him. <laughs> Even though he's dead. I was going to say, you know, he passed. <laughs> Let's pour one out oh, for Luke Perry. Yes. Oh no, that's yes. sad. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, (laughs) thank you for donating for the kids, you guys. Yeah, thank you for giving us the opportunity. It was amazing, Uh, and I really think uh, your whole demeanor, I think, is going to be really perfect for creating stuff for getting people into games. I think that is amazing, and the amount of open-door policy you guys have at this apartment and and dealing with I think you should have an open-internet door policy. You get to meet cool authors because your door is open. It's, It's crazy. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. So we got to come down to Nashville soon and uh, and and hang out. Yeah, that would awesome. be amazing. Yeah. Um, but again, if folks want to, uh, you know, find out when more of this stuff has happened, or just what you guys are all about, where where can people go find uh, more about you? Guys? I think the best place once we get it, up, we'll just have like a, a a really nice website, marriedwithmeeples.com. Marriedwithmeeples.com. Um, and we'll, that's probably going to be the main thing, and then the the D and D stuff will just kind of branch off of that. So. I love it. But I love I can it. currently do it on Twitter. Yeah, Dave Spears or H.C. Spears. I mean, we, we bust there to them. So Awesome. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank You're you. amazing. Make all, right. all the stuff thank happen. Thank you for having awesome. us. Thank Sweet. you so much. Um, okay. Hope and David Spears. Couples goals. Hashtag. Yeah. Couples goals. Right. The whole, I love them. They're, they're empty nest tours, which we were like, what's that? How does that How does work? that work? I know. What, is it, what are we going to be like when our kids move away? Are we going to have... As many board games and open door policies as they have? Probably. You think so? Yeah. All right. Although I feel like I'll want to go out more. I, I don't. I, maybe not. I well, do you like can. to be home. You can do it. 
I don't know. I feel like because we kind of employ the same tactic they do where we bribe people with food to come yes. to us. I like that a lot. I like too. that too. Yeah, and especially if you have a, a, a living space that's set up for yeah. entertaining like that. But if he doesn't, if the child <laughs> isn't there, I wonder if I'll just go out. Yeah. I don't know. I think we've got like 12 years to figure that out. I'm not worried about it. Nah. But you are correct in that uh, I just I, I, I loved hearing everything about them and yes. uh, the fact that they were uh, excited to donate for the kids and, and be a big Without part of it. Without a second thought, either of them. I know. It's, it's that beautiful. That says a lot. It is beautiful. And I wish more, not just couples, but people out there had that type of open door policy in, in getting people into their game. Well, look groups. at all the cool people you meet because I, you do. All of a sudden, you know. Uh, Award winning authors uh, rolling in with their D20s that have been in space. That could happen in West Seattle. We could totally do that. We could start just asking people, and then all we know, Terry Brooks can show up. And uh, Oh, that's true. <laughs> Eddie Vedder could show up. Oh, hi, Eddie. <laughs> He's like, hi, I'm Edward. And oh, I'm like, oh, that's sorry. my gaming name is Edward. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dwarf that he created. Is yes, Edward. Edward. I bet Edward he Bader. would play a dwarf. I can, I can feel that. I can, yeah, he's got some dwarf energy. Yeah, he's going hungry. <laughs> His dwarf named Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I spoke in class today. <laughs> and he's still alive, Jeremy. <laughs> We could do this all day, too. We could just name Pearl Jam songs. Wow. With the, uh, I'm going to do a whole campaign just based on Pearl Jam songs. I'm going hungry. That's more oh, that's of a... Temple of the Dog. It's still close enough. He's in there. I know, right? Yes. Poor one out for Chris Cornell. Oh. <laughs> you know, Chris Cornell does have... This is totally a random tangent, but he has one of my favorite kind of holiday songs in his rendition of Ave Maria. Oh, I feel like that would make me cry. It's, it's very crying-inducing. That song now. is just crying-inducing anyway. Yeah. And then with the extra tinge of it being like this, like metal voice singing it, a metal voice that's no longer with us. I know, Stephen Souter. Well, he is is uh, his spirit, a celestial lives on. In in he can be part of the Pearl Jam campaign. (laughs) That's right. Oh man, you can replace uh, Zeriel with uh, Chris Cornell. There you go. (laughs) Maybe you get to redeem him. Yes. uh, Bring him back. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, is there any other fun things that we didn't get to talk about in our intro that we might want to ma- let people know about? Um, it's always fun to celebrate uh, with family and friends during yes. this time. And I hope you're inspired by David and Hope Spears to make your holiday gatherings gaming themes. Yeah, just put out a bunch of games. See yeah. who's drawn to them. Exactly. Teach a new game to someone. Get them all on board. Gift a new game to someone. It's the best gift out there. Yeah. To be able to connect and communicate face-to-face with people. I mean... Dungeon Mayhem fits in a stocking. Just saying. It's a wonderful game. Even the expansions fit. Oh, that would definitely fit. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have a big stocking. But anyway. But games do make very good gifts. They do. So. And uh, I, I hope more people spread that cheer. Me too. Make it happen. We are uh, able to be followed at Greg Tito. I'm on Twitter. Where are you on the Twitters? I am at Shelly Moo. And then if you want to find out about uh, this game called D and D. You can go to DungeonsAndDragons.com. Yeah, you can download uh, Dragon Plus to your phone Do and it. get all of the fun things that you need to know about all the time. It's amazing. 
uh, there's so many great updates. Matt Chapman does a fantastic job. Uh, Bart Carroll does a pretty good job of uh, pretty good job. Pretty good job of pressing the bouton and making it happen. No, he's been doing he does, wonderful stuff. He does more than that. He does. He does more than he that. Does. He does <laughs> a little. Fifteen years. Yeah. Mark Carroll. Yes. Congratulations to you for twenty Thank years. You. Did you like my my video? I did at the company meeting. It was pretty good. It was you were in that seat. I was. I right was in there. the studio. You were wearing that jacket. Probably. <laughs> you know, you're like, hey, how's it going? Was, uh, I've been here twenty years. Twenty two years. Well, congratulations. Thank you. You deserve it. They shouldn't have hired a nine year old, but. <laughs> <laughs> the rules were a lot looser back then. You have drank a lot of potions of longevity. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't know you were nine at the time. You are a lichy. You're very lichy. That's right. Uh, so follow to get all the lich topics. Oh, you can uh, also sign up for a newsletter. You can? A D&D newsletter. Where, how do you do that? You go to the dndungeonsanddragons.com. It's like right there on the Sign up, page. find out more info. I think you get like super scoopy info. You do? I think you're going to get some news. I didn't approve that. Oh. Wait, no, I did. I approve. Prove it now. Scooping. Approve it now. Approved. Yeah. Uh, thank you uh, for that. That's that's very awesome. We want more people signing up for that for sure. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Ryan Marth, who is here rocking Yay! the board. Thank you to Lisa Carr, who is helping Whee! us set up so much awesome stuff. Uh, and uh, thank you to Pelham Green for Yay! making videos happen uh, and doing all the good things. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Sean. Being awesome. How are we gonna get out of this cave? Just go through the door. Oh, all right. Oh, it's beautiful out here. My eyes hurt. <laughs> Something bad had to happen to I us know. out here. We'll just this that, to be continued. What is it? I don't know. Is it a tressum? Is it a hairless cat? I don't know. We'll have to find out on our next next. <laughs> I don't know, but I installment. think you guys were impressed with my. Cake. We were. We did not. Oh, save it. Thank you.